Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. Welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kazaska. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Good! And guess what we have? Rob King, who's known for uh, 25 years later, writer. Hey, Rob. Hey, how's it going? Great. Good, good. So, you know, uh, it was I think it was back on January 20th, that uh, uh, David Lynch's birthday, that a uh, his, his short film there dropped on Netflix. There, mm. uh, What is it? Uh, what Did Jack Do? And right, I, right. Yeah, I think it's, so. Yeah, that was his birthday. Was it the seventy fourth birthday? It might have been. Yeah. Wow, he's getting up there. I mean, I think we all thought it was a new film. It's not. It's not. Twenty sixteen, right? Yes, the year of the monkey. Right, because at the end in the credits it says year of the monkey twenty sixteen. I was like, oh, so where was this hiding this whole time? This black and white uh, short film uh, was completed back in 2016 and it was commissioned and is actually shown at the first festival of disruption in New York in 2018. But it's cool. I don't think I ever saw it. I don't no. know if I've heard about it before, but this is the first time I've actually gotten to see it. What do you think about it, Rob? Well, I was fascinated with it, and it's right up my alley. I, I really like kind of the old kind of film noir, and, the, and we associate some of that with Twin Peaks and uh, but but this was just such a shocking dose of it and 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 the I don't know why the talking monkey felt right I'm like have I seen talking animals in <laughs> Judy Lynch that, that, that's Judy. where I've seen it that's right uh, yeah we were both waiting for the word Judy to be uttered in this short Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, and and I guess we'll have to make those connections because that's that's where our minds are going to go with this, right? Right. I, I guess we have quite a few instances, and then I was looking. I guess the Lynchland gang that that's a Facebook group had done a little history of this, 
And they found the first mention David had made of it going back to December 2014. Wow. He was working on, he said he was still writing Twin Peaks. He had a painting going and he was building a chair for this short film. Man, many things at once, this guy. Is that something? Constantly. I know. That's pretty amazing. And this this is this was made by his company Absurdia, mm-hmm. and it and it, it definitely is a it's a small piece, but it's nice to see like Sabrina's working on this, and uh, uh, was it Dean Dean Hurley was working on this? But yeah. it's interesting, like a lot of his people that he works with regularly. I think his son uh, uh, maybe it was Riley that's working on this a little bit. But it, it's cool to see this was kind of an in house project of his. Kind of reminds me of when um, he did Bunnies with the same cast. Right, rabbits. There. Rabbits, sorry, not bunnies. When he did rabbits. Um, is it the bunnies? Is it the bunnies? <laughs> it's not about the bunny. But when he did Rabbit with the same cast he was currently filming. Um, well, yeah, Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. Yeah, around stuff. the time. It's a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. the same people. Right. So it's like the people in his world get sucked into these little tiny projects yeah. somehow. And you got to say, so you have this, uh, is it a orangutan? No, it's not a orangutan. What kind of monkey is this? I don't even know. It's the monkey from Friends. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> anyway. I'm not sure about all that. Doesn't they say that? Isn't that a thing? I, I, I think there's an article that claims it. Did someone say that it was incorrect? I, I, don't I never know. confirmed that. Yeah, how can you confirm, really? Because you know what? I it had a human a mouth. Like, uh, and I don't remember the monkey and friends having a human mouth. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think it's called a, a, a capuchin monkey, uh, is maybe how right. you pronounce that. Yes. But it's uh, known as an organ grinder monkey. These are the monkeys that would have performed right. on street performances from side carnival shows. Ah, <clears throat> that's right. And there is, I think there is talk about circus and, and like some of the dialogues and stuff. That oh, it's so crazy. It's, it's like crazy. they're speaking in code to each other. It's it's very it's, Lynchian. Yes, very Lynchian. It's, Kind of hoping maybe we can break some of that down. So, I'm ready, Rob. Yeah, Rob, you want to start it off? Yeah, you 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 tell us when you want to break down because I'm all for it. Well, well, I'll just kind of start it. I I think when when I saw it, of course, my mind, uh, you know, from and I think it's from working with 25 years later, is that I, you know, you're you're thinking, what can I write about this? Like, how do I break this down? And, and so I just said, well, how many times have we seen a monkey in Lynch projects? And I think this might have been about the fifth time. So the the first that I noted is, of course, the the monkey speaking Judy at the end of Firewalk with me, mm-hmm. but also makes its first appearance in the meeting above the convenience store. With behind the mask. Oh, yeah. The right. Yeah. Right. And, and so we have that. And then um, let's see. And then it looks like the, the final credits of Inland Empire. You see the monkey with the woman on the back of the chair. Oh, that's right. Final. Wow. I that's forgot. So about long that. ago, but yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, the third was a lot more recent, and that was in. Um, well, I guess I'm going out of order here, but but in 2017 he did that little promotion trailer for the art deal at the camera uh, camera image festival, uh, the White Monkey. Wow! Does that do yep. y'all remember that the black and white promotional? I don't remember that, but I I, I don't follow sometimes his his. If you looked it up on YouTube, it would yeah. come right up. <laughs> so this is part of his little short promotions he's been doing since the return. Oh. Okay. And, and then the the earliest I could find, and I couldn't remember it, but I've gone back and looked it up since I started these notes, was in The Elephant Man. There's a scene where he's put into a cage with some monkeys that are screaming at him, but these are more baboon monkeys. Mm. Okay. There's a uh, 
a legacy of monkeys and Lynch films. Definitely. Man. <laughs> I, I this is great. I did not know. I know. I, can, I feel like if I could think long enough, I feel like there could there be more out there, but I can't. I'm sure there's more references. <laughs> I strung this out about as far as I think you could string uh, out. If short. if Twin Peaks had continued on ABC, they would have added a monkey in that third season. Yes, just like Friends. They would. Uh, Audrey would have got a monkey. Yeah, they, they adopt the monkey. They, they want to test out having a child, and yes. they thought the monkey. <laughs> they adopt the monkey. And they hang out at a coffee shop. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I, that may be not too far. What we had the, um, what was it? The, um, was it an, al- an alpaca that looks Cooper in the face? Yes. It's, right. Yeah. Llama right. alpaca. Right. We had uh, Waldo. So, That's true. We have, we have yeah. They, they, so they're not, they're, they're familiar with animals. So maybe they go back, yeah. they go back right. to the veterinarians and they say, we want to get a pet for ourselves and they monkey. end up getting a monkey. That man. <laughs> I, I guess you know I, I have to start working on uh, my own uh, fan, fan fiction. fiction. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Durant's Twin Peaks fan fiction, season three. Oh man! So, so a couple of things that I thought about that with the animal. I was thinking I went back through some quotes over the years from all these Twin Peaks books we have, and and so going back, this is my favorite quote. This comes from David Bushman and Arthur Smith's Twin Peaks FAQ. Hmm. Say so now that we've settled all that, how about the monkey? Honestly, no clue. <laughs> That's <my favorite> <laughs> that makes sense. So John Thorne, uh, he had this. I think this is from the Essential Wrapped in Plastic. He had talked about the references of Judy, and he mentions the face of a monkey emerges from darkness to angle the uh, single word Judy, which again he states wasn't much data from which to extrapolate an identity for Judy. And then recently, I, I think this was in the latest Blue Rose magazine in mm. John's theory on Judy. He mentions that Martha Nochumson, during one of their conversations years before Lynch started work on season three, uh, Lynch asked Nochumson about what the monkey says in Firewalk With Me, but he never explained why he asked that. Oh, mm. interesting. So that's just chasing down the monkey quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That monkey at the end of Firewalk With Me, I know I bring this up a lot, but when we saw it in the theater, we, I, I knew the voice was um, – uh, Agent Jeffrey's voice, and then, um, and then it showed up on um, closed captioning. But then someone posted it on Twitter and asked Sabrina. Sabrina said, "No, that's wrong. It should not tell you who that the voice is coming from." Um, but if you turn that volume up for that that the ending, it is definitely Jeffrey's voice. I mean, I mean, it, I mean so to bizarre. me, it always made sense. I never heard the voice, but it always made sense to me that, like, so he's telling the story to Cole when he comes back to the FBI office and he says, I'm not going to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. We're going to keep her out of it. Gordon. I know, Coop. Who do you think this is there? You see in the whole room and it's like, well, where's Jeffries? And he's talking about that. And like, if he's not maybe the monkey, I mean, maybe he's hidden in that mask. Right. Even though the mask, I would think it would be the grandson or something, but it seems. I don't well, know. He could it, be the monkey. I don't know. Now we're going down the <laughs> We're going down the monkey rabbit hole. 
Uh, I mean, what else do you do with this? I know. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, I think that was the theory that a lot of people had for a long time is that's what it was. And then recently, some other people have pointed it out, but it certainly came to me in my notes. And that was uh, a reference to the Lynch biography, uh, Christy McKenna was talking about in Room to Dream. Mm. Um, the movie script for Antelope, Don't Run No More. Mm. Oh. And, and I'll read that quote, if y'all don't mind. Um, yeah. It says, set mostly in Los Angeles, Antelope Don't Run No More braids threads from a hole and drive and inland empire into a narrative fantasia that incorporates space aliens, talking animals, and a beleaguered musician named Pinky. It's impressed everyone who's read it as one of the best scripts Lynch has ever written. So we have the talking animals happening here. Wow. And so I think that's a good segue to say, so we have t- talking Jack the monkey and it's clearly David Lynch <laughs> talking as Jack. I mean, but I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's. Was that David Lynch's mouth? That's what, I think it's his mouth and it's him talking. I thought it was someone else. I, no, I don't. I tried. I mean, the credits say it's Jack the monkey, but I think that is David you Lynch. You think that's David Lynch? I, what do you think, Rob? I'm on the uh, fence. I'm settled on David Lynch. I, I yeah. don't know why I'm convinced that it's him. I don't know if it's because he did all the voicings for mm. Dumbland right. when he was making all his shorts. Yes, it uh, sounds, He it seems, seems to be like pretty uh, <laughs> tickled by that, and, and uh, I think it's Lynch. I uh, do, yeah. See, I don't know. I was looking at the mouth, and, you know, I'm like, who the heck is that? And his cadence isn't him, but like you said, he's, those Dumbland voices were so outlandish. I would not have known it was Lynch if he didn't tell me. Oh. So I mean, maybe that maybe that mouth is Lynch's. I, I and his voice, voice and mouth. There is a part of me that just feels like it could be someone else. But hey, if it's Lynch, more power to him. Yeah. I mean, it was basically. Do you guys remember the old Conan O'Brien bit when he was on NBC? He would have a celebrity's picture on the TV, and they yes, would they yes. would put the the. The mouth on them, like yeah. Arnold and everybody. Explain himself. Please welcome California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't do anything wrong. I know my rights. I do nothing wrong. It's a free country. I do nothing wrong. I said what I was trying to say. All right, all right. Yes, sir. So it's a, yeah, settle down. Settle yeah, down. He's a free country in this country. You have the right to say what you want. It's a free country. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's yes, a it free is. country. Everyone can do what they want until I'm president. Then there will be order. Right. That's exactly what it reminded me oh, of. Oh, that's perfect. That's great. And, 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 and Brian, when we first started Twin Peaks Unwrap the, the podcast. <laughs> we did a Colonel Brian podcast. Yeah, no, no, I'm no, kidding. No. I, I had gotten some software for animation, and I thought it was so funny. Do you remember this? I was I going. It lives on our YouTube page. I think it does. But I actually started, uh, I think I was trying to take our podcast and animate it. Yes. And I don't know why. He, he got past the pilot. He's like, I'm going to do every episode. I'm like, there's but, no way. But here's the thing is, I would have like. Uh, Sherilyn Fenn, like you'd say, you'd have her face, and she'd be like, "Brian, my, we had like, oh, there's Laura Palmer wrapped in plastic, and her mouth is us talking. I know, I don't know what it was. It was so was weird and morbid. But if you go on our YouTube page, it's like the first video that plays automatically. I should probably, uh, I think I've changed that. I would leave. It's like a great little. It's not on, but it, I mean, our, oh. our, now our book is promoting. Oh, okay, but thing. it's but on it, there somewhere. It's probably it's the very first video if you went through all of them. Yeah. And and, but I thought it was so. To me, I just love the idea of animation and seeing <laughs> and actually making it so mouths moved, and I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, it was. Bad you idea. made Cooper's and um, Harry's mouths be our 
Like they were mouse yeah, moving. Yeah, so it was, it was the podcast of us talking, but you would have you'd be seeing <laughs> different characters, the different characters of Twin Peaks. I thought when I first did, I was like, "This is brilliant! This is a new form of I, media. every show was going to be animated." And I, I I don't even know if we got past the pilot. I think no, it's too much work. I think it was the introduction, which was ten minutes long when we first did this show. And how I think it took you a month. I know. Like it was like he had painstakingly <laughs> do frame by frame and all this oh. weird stuff. No. Oh, God. So, so you were ahead of your time, so now we need a Jack Cruz promotional for your book coming there out. There you go. Oh, there you I go. I like that. But I do, I, you were saying, I do love the idea of this whole um, film noir. Like, mm. you, yes. I feel like a Casablanca, like, you got uh, you got David Lynch, the detective, can. so, hey, monkey, hey, Jack, we let's talk. And, you know, like, he's got his, like, his stick. And they do have these, like... These play playing with words where they're like, oh, I'm going to say this thing. And then Jack says something back and it's like. <laughs> I want to know well, the decoding, Rob. Yeah. Well, well, well let's kind of go there. I, I think that film noir really is kind of the way to unpack this. And he's having a great time. And I've, I, I may have had a few revelations, at least some options for us as we kind of go through it. So I'll kind of I'll give you the summary that I wrote out here to kind of just give mm. some context to what this short is about. So Jack Cruz is the name of the monkey. So Jack's conundrum seems to be this. He's in love with Tutatabon, a hen. Much like Mad, uh, Fred Madison of Lost Highway, he seems to be particularly jealous. He begins to suspect her of cheating on him with Max Clegg, who we suspect to be a turkey based on the line of questioning by the detective, where he says, <laughs> there's an elephant in the room, I'd like you to start talking turkey, mm. and they found feathers. Sally is an orangutan who Jack's claim is with Shelby Tidsworth, the janitor, Shelby Tidsworth has an STD. All of this occurred on or near a farm, and Jack gets very upset when you bring up his past in Bristol. Did any of that make any sense? It did. did what about the horse? Did, 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 am I right? Did, I, did you mention the oh, horse? Oh. Uh, the, the, I think that was a joke. That was the innuendo from the monkey that let's say I was a horse. Oh, the, all right. Someone rode his ass. Right. Right. All right. Get it? Uh, yes. get it yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All right. <laughs> he did say it guess if I was a oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. I mean it makes sense. Thank it's you, like, <laughs> if you break this down on paper, like it it sounds like a melodrama. It sounds so so properish. Or I mean, I think of things like Casablanca where it's like, here's looking at you, kid. I mean, like you have that kind of play where they they're kind of like, I know you've been up to girl, and she's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, I that. love you. Just keep going. I like the voices you're doing. <laughs> hey, girl. Um, oh, you know what I mean? Like yes, I it's I kind of like they're kind of like we're very serious and we've got things to say. And yeah, but they're speaking a whole different language. I know uh, these codes that mean things to each other. But like when you break it down, Rob, what I'm saying it's it's a when you strip that all away, it just sounds like um, like a soap opera, and then you add all these elements of. They're being lynched and a monkey and their interrogation. It becomes like this weird world. And you mentioned elements. He Lynch did the sound design of it, and there is these. He like, always does. He always does. Yeah. They, they're they're located on a train station, so I think the monkey was trying to get on a train, and I think they're actually holding it up because of the right. murder. Yeah, remind what? me of the hotel room, a little bit. So, HBO's hotel. Yeah, That's right. One room. It all takes place in one room. Yeah. Yeah. So that really is part of the send-off to the uh, film noir kind of idea. Uh, train stations tend to be important in these films, or they were used quite often. Yeah. And that was because of the nice location of Union Station there in Los Angeles, where Hollywood's at. 
They would mm. use it as a set location. There's actually a movie called Union Station. I looked up. Actually, the, the you can look up the trailer on uh, YouTube. It might make a nice sound clip. Attention, please. Attention, please. Attention, please. Under the eyes of the thousands of travelers passing through the portals of a great city, an amazing drama is taking place. Filmed by Paramount right on the spot in Union Station. Here in every doorway, at every corner, stand watchful men on a deadly vigil with a girl's life at stake. They made contact. Tell everyone to move in. Track 14 signal. Attention, please. F.E. Nelson wanted on track 14. Mr. F.E. Nelson going track 14. man sitting down, facing the first phone booth. What about him? He's one of them. Bring your head off. You're Sunday and you're 40 feet underground. Go on and scream. Kidnappers striking from the depths beneath the city. And the pulse-stirring story of the hunt for these jackals of the underworld is told in Paramount's Union Station, starring Bill Holden, Nancy Olson, and Barry Fitzgerald, with two exciting newcomers, Lyle Betger and Jan Sterling. You're gonna send that kid home, aren't you, Joe? I mean, after we collect. Sure go home. They have a fish around the river. Around these two and their victim, a grim network spreads from one end of the city to the other until the cornered jackal strikes back from the very center of this network, Union Station itself. But, but Union Station was one of these old detective noirs and a girl's going to get kidnapped. And every person in a fedora sitting reading a newspaper or at the corner could be the kidnapper. And she's trying to tell the cops, but everybody looks suspicious. And um, if you look up, I think just a general Google search and you look up uh, train stations and film noir, what will come up first is this Internet movie database list someone put together of uh called Train of Strangers, and it's a list of all these film noirs with train stations in them. So I think that Lynch set up a really nice kind of send-off to the film noir, his version of a film noir in this uh, short. Wow. I love it. That's pretty awesome. And you wonder if uh, if if Lynch has been more involved in the second season with James and uh, he wouldn't run on a train. Oh, and what's her name though? I can't think. Of, he went. He leaves the Evelyn. Swimpy, Evelyn. But that whole Evelyn James Marsh. Evelyn Marsh thing seemed to be like a film noir yes. thing, and it kind of had something working. But I feel like it was missing some elements. And I wondered if David Lynch had been more involved with that storyline. Good storyline. It could have been. That's what it was something. missing. Oh, you know, <laughs> oh. oh, but I mean, yeah, he, he had these elements of like. Yeah. My, my brother is here and he's helping out uh-huh. and this is happening. Yeah, it's a love triangle. Right, you and... got to fix my my husband's car and this is whole yeah. Thing. Yeah. thing. I don't know. but It was just so on the nose, uh, double indemnity is yeah. what that storyline is. And it was so verbatim, that story, that it's almost like these writers that had to figure out things looked back at the first season and said, well, we know film noir's in there, so let's just take this script Yes. And ride it into Twin Peaks. Yeah, or and, to have the uh, least popular character take oh, a hike to it. No, I'm oh, kidding. Oh. And let's leave Twin Peaks. Let's leave it's Twin Peaks totally. Poor James. Poor James. Yeah. It's, so I so I was thinking. So there's a couple of other neat things in this that I like to play with. At least when I think about Twin Peaks and and all of Lynch's work. And, and that's this idea that apparently who's been murdered here is uh, what is it? Did I say Max Clegg? I think Max Clegg, who may be a turkey. Well, we have a legacy of turkeys in Twin Peaks, don't we? Gobble, gobble. That's right. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Fire walk with me. Right. James is Uh a turkey? Was was she saying James is a turkey? She was a turkey. I can't remember. I think she was. He was saying she was. Uh huh. 
No, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Rob is letting you figure it out. No, like he said something to her and she said gobble gobble. So she's insinuating she's a turkey, right? If I'm right. That, right. So Laura Palmer says, I'm gone, long gone, like a turkey in right. the corn. Yep. James says, you're not a turkey. A turkey is one of the dumbest birds on earth. Yes. And we're all looking at James and wondering here if he's figuring this out. <laughs> she says, gobble, gobble. And, uh, the the second I, that I've written down is uh, Hawk's Living Map. Is there not a turkey next oh, to the corn there? I think there is. Yes, wow. the corn maze. Yeah. And then the third is the turkey jerky that freaks out whatever is inside Sarah Palmer. Wow. She has an aversion to this turkey jerky. jerky. Yeah, it's a new jerky. Okay. So cool. That's all I've got. Can y'all think of any others? No. No, I think that's that's really good. So he's really talking about Laura Palmer. (laughs) (laughs) We figured it out, guys. Who murdered Laura Palmer? Mystery solved. You know, or, or Max is just a real turkey and he had to shoot him. Uh, so, oh, so yeah. So I love that. I And and then we're back here. This is another short of David Lynch's that's black and white. You know, it's not just film noir. He likes to work with the palette of black and white, doesn't mm, he? Yeah, does. it looks great. It looks really, really good. Does. Jack, there's a moment where Jack sings. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the best. This is a very interesting moment. True loves flame. <laughs> Now, was oh, this a real sorry. song, guys? I no, didn't look it up. Actually, no, it's actually written by David Lynch and and Dean Harley. They oh. wrote this. Yeah. Have y'all bought the record yet? There's a record? I, well, There's it, a record is it what that on the other side is going to have a never-before-heard song from Jack Cruz. Ooh. Is this real or is this something that Welcome to Twin Peaks uh, made up? This is this is I have ordered it. It is what? on Sacred Bones Records. You can get it in two different colors. I didn't know it was real. Are you kidding? Are you so it's a single? It? It's a single record. Uh, if I'm kidding, they took my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had to. You know, That's Valentine's awesome. Day is coming up. Yes. Uh, you know. I didn't even know, man. That's I awesome. gotta get this. It's interesting. I will say uh, this about David Lynch when he writes lyrics. And other artists do them like uh, Christabel or Julie Cruz or Rebecca Del Rio or anybody. I have to say there's some of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And they're really they – they can be dark and romantic and all that stuff. And I think it's uh, – he's very good at lyrics when it comes to someone else. But I've listened to his albums and not so much. I don't know why he does that. But we listen right, to get out of here. No, no, come on. We listen to so we're we're driving, we're on a road together, and I put all like Lynch inspired music, Twin Peaks, and we get the clown with the clown one, his clown well, album. You know, we're never gonna get David Lynch to interview him now after this. He, he's not. We put the clown I mixed in the clown, his clown album. And every time yeah. Ben would start giggling and laughing, he's like, this song is ridiculous. Oh, now you're throwing me under the bus. And I would be like, it's ridiculous. And we, we would, every time one of his songs would come out, we'd have a good laugh and skip it. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Note to editor, please. Please cut this out. Listen, I'm just saying his albums aren't the best. There's a couple of gems, oh. but I'm saying when he gives the lyrics to someone else, they are amazing, and he doesn't. I don't know why he doesn't let himself have that. I don't know why. It, they kind of have the charm of like a, a spoken word album, yes, or, or you, you know, like a poetry rap session. Absurd. And he's just having right. so much fun experimenting that I can't help but be charmed, right? When, when he writes these lyrics and sings these songs, you, I, you know, you're right. It's like an absurd, 
spoken word album where he's not really singing, he's not really speaking, he's just doing his own thing. And I give him credit because he learned how to play guitar and he learned how to play his instruments for Blue Bob, which Blue Bob is really good. Yeah. I enjoy Blue Bob. Oh, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I totally give him credit because he's the man of so many things. And I don't want to like, I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying lyrically, he gives some of his best work to others. And maybe because he's looking through their eyes or he knows these lyrics fit that person better than himself. That's all I'm Mm. saying. But this song, he gave a great song to a monkey. That's what I'm saying here. Ah. I'm saying he gave a good song to a monkey. And now I got to go buy the single then. Uh. (laughs) It's and I'm thinking about Jack Cruz. It's is it. It does seem similar to Julie Cruz. Yes. And Flame of Love is. And she has a song Mystery oh, of Love. That together. That's great. Mystery of Love is Julie Cruz's song. So I, mean, I know he's <laughs> he's recycling some material here. Uh, no, it's awesome. Oh man, that's funny. I mean, I love it that like you're having this interrogation. Or you're you know Lynch is 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 questioning the monkey and all of a sudden he just decides to start singing and stuff. Right, right. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. To me, it really made the piece come together, I yeah. thought. For sure. And, and it has that innocent love to it that he loves, right, that we've been seeing since Blue Velvet and maybe even with the anxieties uh, in Eraserhead. You know, it, it's simple, pure love. Like, this is a notion. What did he say? Uh, there's a line... The Jack Cruz says, we really lit the flame of love, I think he says. Mm. And that just sounds like David Lynch, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just what I get out of that. And uh, there's a lot of Lynch in this, in this short film, for sure. I forgot to mention that, you know, it was one, I mean, I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago. We had, maybe it was only a year ago. We, we, David Lynch went to Netflix. We saw a picture that he actually was. And I think everybody thought this was it. This was why he went to Netflix. It seems that way. That's what we all thought. But then we what? realized that this was an older film. But No, it could still be Netflix. I mean, he still could have gone. Oh, and gave him his, the short film to say, like, the, you know, made a contract. Well, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you still, saying. yeah. Yeah. I'm Will there be a series of shorts like right. Rabbits? Yeah. And this is a 17-minute piece. It was, I mean, it's very digestible. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> It's not like some of the three-hour uh, uh, movies that uh, Netflix has done. Here. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. But yeah, so I mean, I think I think we were all, I was hoping that it was a new movie. I mean, it is a movie, but it's not a two-hour movie, and it's not new work, but yeah. it's still, I mean, it's new yeah. to me. It's new to us. It's new to us, because I hadn't seen it. So I have two other kind of notes that I have, if y'all don't mind me. Yes, kind of love to hear it. So, so one's kind of plain form, and that's that I can kind of looked back, and I've seen it two ways. I've seen where lots of fandom will, or, or researchers of Lynch will allude to Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. and his works. And, and of course, Wild at Heart is on the nose, but but it's appeared in other places, even in The Return, Twin Peaks of The Return, people have talked about elements of Wizard of Oz. And I was thinking of his affinity for that. Of course, Martha Nochumson in a one of her books pointed out that he told her that he really loves Wizard of Oz, but he likes the part up through the black and white part through the tornado. Hmm. Huh. That's what he really loves. And But I still thought I couldn't help but think of the flying monkeys, you know, these terrifying flying monkeys. And in the um, – so he's in love with a hen, and in Return to Oz, which was kind of a – the movie was a mixture of two of the continuation of the Oz books. Dorothy's, or, or uh, I guess – this was not played by Judy. 
Judy Garland. Her companion is a hen. And uh, so I just found huh. those connections funny. If you were just kind of really teasing it out, you could do that. The hen's name was Belina. But then I looked up and, you know, I'm doing all this kind of library searching. I'm overthinking it. And I finally sat down with Google the other night and I looked up monkey falls in love with a chicken. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's a true story. What? What? This is based on a true story. Or I'm not saying this is it here. Here, let me just write. So the earliest I could find was a YouTube video about this monkey that fell in love with a chicken in Indonesia from 2011. Then there's a story about the same story, I believe, in uh, the online or the UK journal, The Mirror, from 2014. The headline is, You Cheeky Monkey, Animal Falls in Love with Chicken After Market Day Romance. And my favorite part of this is if you go to Society6, someone has made a painting of the monkey cuddling the chicken. And I could just see Lynch finding this or stumbling upon it. And then my favorite part is where they fell in love was the island of Java. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> in this movie, uh, uh, Lynch is asking, why aren't you drinking your coffee? Like, he, well, first he's waiting for his coffee. He finally gets the yep, coffee, yep. which is played by David Lynch's wife. Okay. Yes. The, the, yeah. But yeah, and then he doesn't drink the coffee. But. And, and did you notice that he says, um, I'm going to find it here. I've got it kind of written out. He, he says, I ordered coffee about a half hour ago, but when she brings the coffee, she brings two cups. Ah, that's true. Why would he have brought two cups? Well, he knew he, maybe he knew he'd be interrogating him. Or yeah. maybe she knew that a cop was in there with him. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Could be. That, that makes way too much sense. We could use that as a mystery. <laughs> That's a good find. That that, that actually. I thought you were going to tell me a turkey was involved. Then I was really going to go out of my mind. I need there to be a turkey involved. I'm going to research for it. <laughs> what I want to know is what, what was the outcome? What what happened to that romance of the? Oh man, you know murder. I didn't follow the uh, sex lies and videotape. You should have called up. You should have tracked down where that happened and said, "Is this is this romance still going on?" You're a reporter. I'm a reporter. I need to know answers. The monkey killed the chicken. <laughs> the, the turkey got involved. It, 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 yeah. Things happened. So, so it's based off a true story. See, it's like the straight story. Ah. Oh. I forgot. What is this rated? Is this? I'm trying to remember what it's even rated. Is it actually? Um, I don't uh, think it's rated. Oh, it's uh, T T V fourteen. So yeah. it's not. If you're under fourteen, man, you is this 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 short film's gonna blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking the straight story was P. No, it was G, wasn't it? Yeah, it was G. So, G. Yeah. yeah, G. Right. Oh. I don't think this could be rated G. No, no, I guess not with uh, some of their language. And and the the horse thing that I somehow... uh, Yeah, the horse thing. uh, uh, What the poor guy with his STD there. The end of the film is, uh, you know, Jack actually sees uh, his chicken lover. Yes, the hen shows up or whatever. That's pretty good. And I love that. I mean, we're just ruining the whole thing because people... It's not that big of a story. Spoilers. spoilers. But yeah, I I love that all the action happens Mm -hmm. off screen. Yeah. That right. And it's beautiful. I mean, that's how they used to do it anyways. That you know, Jack runs after the chicken and then uh, Lynch follows him and you just hear things and it yeah. all happens off screen. Yeah. But it's it's cool. Right. You know, and I read this quote last night and I just really loved it and just kind of reading uh, by David J. Hogan. And it's the same company that did like uh, the Twin Peaks FAQ. This is Film Noir FAQ. And he's talking about a movie that has a train station. It's called Act of Violence. And he says, when the two antagonists and the inept hired killer come together at a train station and then in parentheses, 
where journeys begin and end. And I loved that when mm. I thought about this. I oh, thought yeah. this could be the beginning of Jack's story, but somehow it has to end up back in this train station or in a train station, you know? It's pretty cool. I mean, I it's hard to tell if this has been successful or not. It's like they just dropped it. I mean, I think that was brilliant too in some way. Netflix didn't promote it. It just like dropped on David Lynch's birthday. How would you promote it? I mean, really, I mean. <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> David you, Lynch. you know Lynch would just put a tweet out was there a tweet from I him? I don't even remember anything. I don't know. Mm. Was it? I can't remember now. I just remember it just dropping and it seemed like word of mouth. We didn't have any, like, I, I thought there was some sort of inkling of something dropping. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I don't know. But it means lunch. He has his fans and followers and word of mouth, you know. I, I, I would love it if it was successful enough that Netflix says, hey, we'd like you to do some more stuff. You know what though, Netflix world, we don't, we never know what's successful know. or not. Yeah, we don't. They don't have like ratings. They don't. They, they don't share once at in all. a while, they'll be like, "Stranger Things is the most successful thing we've ever done, and we'll be doing another season, you yes. know, next year." Right. That's all they got to do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know which I would rather see more. Do I want to see a series of short films? Do I mm. want a continuation of Twin Peaks, or do I want to see this Antelopes Don't Run No More? You know. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Wouldn't it be right. wonderful for him to get to do one of his old projects? You know, he never got to do right. Ronnie Rocket. I know. Although you might argue he got to do some of that in the return. But yeah. uh, to see uh, to see that this is part of a larger whole would be would be amazing too. Yeah. And this definitely makes me think of DavidLynch.com when I was a subscriber that he would do all these kind of short – Type of things, and he didn't need he didn't need a whole big cast. He was kind of like sometimes it would be him and his son yodeling, and or it would just be like little things here and there. And I I totally could see him continuing doing this if something like Netflix or I mean, there's so many there's so many places you can go now. I mean, whether it's Netflix or YouTube, I think Netflix seems to be the best place for him. I agree. But yeah. yeah. Is there anything right. else we want to talk about related to this? I mean, do, I don't know. I think that's the end of my notes. I don't think I have anything else. I teased that out as far as I could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did a great job, Rob. I yeah. mean, this was a great short. I'm glad you came on to talk about it because I pictured you like the meme from the guy from Always Sunny with the string uh, with the pictures, and you're like, this means something, you know? Like, <laughs> the way you dug into this is incredible. It's like, I, I really, I loved it. Um, it was it, definitely awesome. Like, Made me think about the short completely different. Now. I, I, I want to rewatch it yeah. knowing what right. we just heard from you today. Well, if I had any last note, and I haven't already mentioned it, you know, there's so many notes here, but I thought about this. One of the things, you know, when I thought about John Thorne talking about that, that, that there wasn't enough data here to talk about what Judy was looking, thinking back before mm. the return and just having Fire Walk with Me on hand. And I thought, but you know, one of the things invoked, and I think it was certainly in the missing pieces, I don't remember if it was in the first, the original cut, was one of the things invoked in there was the man with the cane and the toboggan, one of the other woodsmen perhaps, and he invokes animal life. You know, they wow. say electricity and right. one of the other things is animal life. And later you see a monkey <laughs> under the mask. And I tried to go back and watch it. And I don't think those time out perfectly where you would see the monkey revealed right after he says that. But, you know, one of the 
theories I think people had was that that monkey originally was about that animalistic violence in man. Hmm. Yeah. I that was behind that. the yeah. mask of Ray. This is like the monkey almost alluded more to Bob than Philip. He was this animal nature, this primalness. And uh, David Lynch in his uh, later career is having a lot more fun with this monkey. So. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. There's some event stuff that's coming up soon, and you've been so uh, so you've been doing so much. Can you share some of the things that's been going on? Right, right. So on my palette right now, uh, so I haven't written for 25 years later in a few months, not since August, uh, which I'm really hoping to get back to uh, getting them something. So I've kind of stepped away, but that's more about a time schedule. I'm still a, a 25 years later writer, hopefully always will be. And one of my distractions was I was able to get a book contract a few months ago, and that is for a book on the American West and David Lynch's filmography, as well as all of Twin Peaks, the wow. books, everything. So what it is, is we, I just kind of thought, you know, we have, I've read a lot of Lynch studies, but I haven't really seen like a, um, a regional approach to it. Hmm. And, and so the, the Southwest, I work at a library and we focus on the Southwest region. And I thought, you know, Odessa appears in the return. Um, you know, you had Washington state with twin peaks, you have the, hmm. um, Lewis and Clark expedition and the secret history. And I said, I just think there's a lot more here. So I wrote an essay that should be out. It'll certainly be out by the time this recording's released. And that's for a, an online academic journal called uh, New American Notes Online. They call themselves for short NANO. That's oh. the acronym. And their issue 15 is going to be a special issue on Twin Peaks, The Return. And so I wrote about some of these Western themes. And then I thought, you know, there's so much here. It could maybe be a book. But I was interested in kind of crowdsourcing and see what other writers and academics thought about the subject. And we, let's see, I'm trying to think. That close the call for papers on that close sometime around November, and the full papers will be reaching us starting next month in March. So I'll have more about that book down the line, and uh, also look for that nano when it comes out. I believe there's going to be eight to nine contributors with an introduction and an ending essay in that. Gonna say where would where would people go to find that? So you're going to find this freely available. You can read every essay. There's no paywall on this, and that is New American Notes Online. The web address is n-a-n-o-c-r-i-t that's nanocrit probably short for nanocriticism dot com nice. nanocrit dot com and uh, I, that'll be out by the time that this uh, podcast comes out so the event related to that is um, because of the book that I'm working on and, and this essay that started that um, we have I'm in uh, Lubbock Texas which is kind of closer to the panhandle of Texas and uh, not a very popular town, kind of smaller, but a medium-sized town, error city. And we have started over the past six years a local uh, comic con, a comic convention called Lubbock Con. And so this is going to be happening at the same time as the huge gathering of Twin Peaks stars in Fayetteville, the Fayetteville convention. At, uh, but while everyone's distracted with that, uh, actually, Michael Horse will be coming to Lubbock. Wow. And... Uh, I'm going to get to moderate that session, which is an, an honor. Wow. And uh, I will interview him for an hour on Saturday, February 29th, and an hour on um, March 1st, which is that Sunday. When do you think the book will be done? Like, you're really you're just starting the book? 
Right. So we will get the full papers and we'll begin our editing process. This takes much longer than you would think. Mm. I believe it is actually more projected for the August or the fall of uh, 2021. So probably the fall is going to be a ways. Uh, it'll be blind. It'll has to go through our reviews and then it'll go through blind peer reviews since it's an academic book. That'll be with McFarland Press. But as soon as I have more information on that, I'll share that with the fandom community. The nice thing about this book also is academic books can be very expensive. And McFarland books, as far as I could tell, stay around $30 for a physical uh, copy yeah. and around $9.99 for a, if they do a Kindle edition. I'm sad that uh, we won't probably get to interview you because the podcast will be over. <laughs> we'll be done. Oh. But everybody re- remember this today. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're looking for me, uh, I think uh, 25 years later, later we'll still be going and, yes. uh, sure. yeah. and uh, we'll be active and i will try and stay active there you can find me in the uh, staff notes nice. under rob king and um it has my contact email if you had questions about the book or or any other questions and i will make sure to get back a hold of you 25 years later better uh, interview you so i expect a uh, i hope i expect a, an article about your book some uh, yeah, year and a half or so you get away without it so. <laughs> Wow, so you, you've got a lot going on. I mean, that's pretty exciting. I know, busy, busy. Oh, it's going to be a busy year, it is, but I, I guess a part of that, so, but the good thing is in a couple months, we're going to have your book on hand, and wow. we're going to have uh, Courtney Stallings' book on Laura Palmer. We're going to have the conversations with Mark Frost, and so that gives everyone a little bit of time to catch up with all this wealth of reading <laughs> on, on these topics. Yeah, 2020, it's going to be a good It's It a went good from year. like nothing I know. to like a trickle with Brad Dukes yeah. and uh, John Thorne to like the gate well this is the year this is the 30th anniversary of twin peaks yeah blue rose magazine's got their issue 13 that is focused on the pilot i I mean it's gonna be a good what are are you celebrating the 30th uh, anniversary in any way rob are there anything that you you know you just gotta you know do to celebrate Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm almost certainly going to have to do something locally. Um, I don't know what that is yet, but uh, I, I will not be able to make Graceland, I'm afraid. Yeah. And uh, that's just a little more than I could do. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll find a way to celebrate in my own special way. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Do a marathon or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll listen to the podcast. That, oh. That's right. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, this has been great. I mean, it's so cool to, you know, to, to have new David Lynch stuff to talk about. I, I mean, know. It's crazy. I, I just think we're far from the ending on this. Yeah. Uh, I think David has, uh, I mean, it was just, uh, it, it just feels like a wink and a nod. The, there, there's more coming, whether that be shorts, whether it be a film. I just can't take my mind off that in, that meeting he had with um, with Netflix to release a short film he had already released. I just right. feel like there's got to be something else down the, around yeah. the house. Yeah. yeah. I, I kept on thinking, yeah, they're just testing it to see, like, how did this do? And you know, that's why I'm hoping it did well. I'm hoping that if you guys, uh, people who are listening, and you haven't watched it yet, go watch it on Netflix, because maybe that will get Netflix interested in, in doing something else with Lynch. Do you guys want to make a, before, you know, we wrap this up, you want to make a prediction? I mean, I, I feel like by the end of the year, one more thing will drop. By David Lynch mm-hmm. on Netflix. I, that's my prediction anyway. I mean, do you like guys that. have any thoughts on that? I agree. <sighs> I feel like one more thing but, is going to I mean, we're not talking Twin Peaks. We're just no, talking anything. about anything related. Totally anything, yes. but David Lynch directed and, you know. 
Or they'll wait for his next birthday. I was thinking that too. That's <laughs> Every a, birthday, he'll just drop one. That thing. would be kind of cool. <laughs> you have to wait till, uh, it was a January 20th, is it, I believe? That's a long time, yeah. though. Well, I'm going to be very anxious and excited around the celebration of the 30th anniversary there at Graceland. Mm. I just feel like that audience is in for some kind of special treat. And, and maybe with his connections with Netflix now, that, that could be a treat all of us could see. I agree. Yeah. So, Rob, I'm going to Graceland because I, I mean, my wife is insane. And, uh, oh, and that's we had, great. We, had finished the, uh, we were about to finish the book, and my birthday is – is April 1st, so I'm a fool. But I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's it's only two days. I think it's April 3rd is actually right. the event. So my wife is like, you should do this. And I didn't even tell her about it because I put her through enough uh, trouble this right. year with this book. But, you know, I think I liked it on Facebook. And uh-huh. you know, Facebook is funny how they then put ads, they put things in certain places. So my wife saw it on Facebook, not telling her, and it probably knew that Ben liked it or I don't know. And she's like, uh-huh. she messaged, she just texted me and said, you, you should go to this. And I was like, okay. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I had a whole scheme worked up. I said, man, if I could get on a panel there uh, talking about anything – uh, I could justify it as a work expense. You know, I get a, the, the slightest of travel budget being a working at an academic library. And I thought I would be presenting. I'd be presenting on something I'm a specialist on um, that I could have justified it. Then I, I saw all these people writing that same idea. And I thought, I'll just got to sit back, let it happen and not spend the extra money. But uh, uh, I know, I, I know. I, I'll, I'll elbow some people and say, let's see if we can get a panel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going, but I also hope for, for Twin Peaks Unwrapped to somehow have a presence there in its own way. And, and I know yeah. that's something we got to look into. Oh, you almost have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thirty years ago, people across the country were glued to their televisions by this mysterious death of Laura Palmer. And this spring, April 3rd through 5th, Twin Peaks fans can travel to Elvis Presley's Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee for a -a once-in-a-lifetime fan celebration. David Lynch and Mark Frost create a mystery horror drama series that has continued to amass a cult following even after its original series final in 1991. And its impact on pop culture is never-ending. The Twin Peaks 30th official fan celebration at Graceland, an unforgettable experience featuring Twin Peaks-themed parties, screenings of fan-favorite episodes, and the chance for fans to relive their favorite show moments with some of Twin Peaks' biggest stars. And of course, there will be tons of cherry pie and damn good coffee. Tickets for the 30th anniversary celebration are still on sale. And fans can visit www.graceland.com forward slash Twin Peaks for more information. Don't forget to go look at the, uh, is it Sacred Bones Records, who I think Dean Hurley has released his records on, his projects. His last record came out on it. And and that is the company that was doing the Jack Cruz record. Oh, cool. So so there seems to be a Dean Hurley connection there. And don't forget to go look that up. And if you're a fan, you know, make sure you get that while it's available. (laughs) I got to get one. I got to get one. Thank you, Rob, for bringing this up because that's pretty cool. I, I saw this on Welcome to Twin Peaks and I thought it was a joke. Like, it looks I like did, a joke. It, it doesn't look real. <laughs> Rob is bought into the joke, though, so it, it, let's hope it's real. Either that, they're just taking your money. Oh, no. April Fools. You, you've got me looking it up now, so you got me, like, I get scammed. No, it's there. No, no, I'm, sure I'm it's seeing, real. I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's, it's really real. Funny. It's real. 
we'll put a link. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes for everybody out there. So, Rob, before we go, why don't you yeah. give everybody your uh, Twitter handle, how people can get a hold of you, how people can look out for this upcoming book. Okay, with the for the book, uh, that's going to be on McFarland Books. Um, and that would be the only way I'd know where it's going to be promoted right now, definitively. Okay. Uh, look, watch uh, 25 years later, watch their deals. This is going to be, again, closer to 2021. I will have a presence in the fandom community as best I can and make sure that I'm uh, letting everyone know when it's coming out. And, um, you know, you've got me looking up my Twitter handle. Um, so <laughs> that is the at symbol there, Rob Ed King. And you can find me there, Rob Ed King. Uh, that's at Twitter. And and at 25 years later, go to the staff uh, directory there, and you will find an email address for my Gmail account there. Nice. Cool. And Rob, I just want to say I always appreciate you working on community rewatch shows, and you're adding to the unseen players and all the all the work that you do, that all the characters, and you do the narration, and uh, thank you for all that. That is, it's so fun. It's. I hope you got those vocal cords warmed up because it's going to be a hell of a year, Rob. Yeah, we got a lot going on. <laughs> well, I did what two in a row the other day. So so let's keep going. Uh, I, know, oh, I think it was two or three. I mean, I'm like usually we do like one a month or something like that. I'm like thinking, okay. Here's three scripts. Our for show, three shows. Rob, our show is going to end in December, but 2021 is just going to be community rewatches. Just oh, yeah, we're keep slowly right going out eventually. Going. I, I think yeah. I did say I thought it was going to take us three years, and now I'm trying to throw it all into one year. Oh, let's, let's see if it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the book, you know, you know, we're, we have all this energy. We're yeah, ready so to now go. Now we can do it. Yeah. Now we can do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Rob. Um, before we go, if you have a comment, question, or theory about today's episode, give us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Give us that five-star review on iTunes. And we're on all your favorite podcast platforms. At this point, there's not a platform out there we're not on. And I just looked on iTunes, and we're like in TV and film. Ben, just so you know, in TV and film and interview section, we're like in the top ten. No way. Yes, today. What? I just looked what at it today. We're about? in the top 10 for TV film interviews. What? Right there. We're on the main page. I don't even look at it anymore. I main page. Wow. That's crazy. I know. It's so cool. Uh, thank you. Because sometimes I, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, nobody listens to this show anymore. Our show is accessible on the main page of iTunes. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Wow, that made my day. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's <laughs> awesome. So with all, all that being said, uh, we'll see you guys next week.